Nice, y'all ready? Let's do this. Special thanks to Jacob Casto for reformatting my entire presentation. Thank you. Jacob. Cool. You guys having a good time? Learning a lot? A lot of info, right? It's all amazing revelation. Um, we're going to talk about spiritual authority right now. And um, I'd like to say it's going to be like a, a huge comedic relief talk, but it's going to be pretty deep, okay? If you were present at the missions retreat, you probably heard a lot of this. So we're going to get into it, talk about authority again. Um, I think this is such a, a crucial topic, just in order to understand the kingdom of God, really. God uh, operates through authority, and the more that we know about that, the more that we can submit to the authority that is put above us, the more God can bless us upon our lives and bless the things that we put our hands to. So today we're going to talk about what is authority. We're going to talk about where does it come from, what is my response to authority. We're going to talk about who is in authority. What is my response to their authority, and where am I on the authority spectrum? So we're just going to get into a lot of stuff. I want to pray before we get into it. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for this opportunity to learn about a new topic again, God. And I just pray, Lord, that uh, thoughts communicated would be yours. I pray that I would honor you and the things said. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts, Father God. Uh, We endeavor to be receptive and open to the things that you have to say to us, God. And I pray, Father God, that we would see your heart in this teaching. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so uh, here's the definition of authority. authority. Authority means the power to determine, adjudicate, or otherwise settle issues or disputes. It's jurisdiction. It's the right to control, command, or determine. Secondly, it's a power or a right delegated or given uh, to somebody. It's a person or body of persons in, in whom authority is vested as a governmental agency. So we're just going through sort of all the, the whole gamut of authority. It's persons having the legal power to make and enforce the law or government. Uh, and authority is an accepted source of information, advice, etc. Or you could even say that authority is an expert on a subject. So when you think about all those definitions, uh, who comes to mind when you think about ultimate authority? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I heard the response God first. Nate Banky is uh, a good secondary response. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like God. So God is is our ultimate authority. He's where authority comes from. There's no one behind God. He's he's where the buck stops. Okay, it all comes from God. He he created all of this. He knows better than all of us. He knows exactly how to do things and he's perfectly holy and righteous. So authority comes from the Lord. Um, God is the ultimate source of authority. So let's get into that a little bit. Here's the first point. All authority comes from God. Authority comes from God. Why is this? Why Why do we say that authority comes from God? And here's some reasons why, if it's not enough that you know, God created us um, and that he is the ultimate 
The first reason why is that he's the creator. He's our creator. So uh, authority comes from God because he's our creator. Psalm 24, verses 1 and 2, says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. So this thing that we're a part of is God's. It's God's. You know, when you put your hands to something, maybe you're in engineering or in some other uh, field where you have to create some kind of a final project, something like that, you have authority in that area. You have authority over that thing that you've made because it's yours. Uh, it, It came about in your mind. You know how it is put together. Uh, you know how it's supposed to operate, so you have authority in that area. Well, uh, God, God is your authority because you're you're the thing that He created out of clay. Okay, so we, He has authority for the same reasons. We have authority for the same reason as Him. To put it a better way, because God made us, He has a fundamental right on our lives. This is really important to realize. Because God made us. He just has a right on our lives. He literally he formed you out of the dust. He, he knit you together in your mother's womb. For this reason alone, he's got a right on your lives, your life. Um, this is different than a husband and a wife creating a child. <clears throat> because, I mean, you could say that the husband and the wife the parents have authority over their child too. And that's, that's true, definitely, to some extent. But, but God made the husband and the wife. And they're simply exercising the creative authority that he gave them. So we should think more like a sculptor and a potter. God is the former of our spirit, our soul, and our body. Um, and we are completely his. Okay, So our, our relationship to God is more like potter, clay. Right? We're completely his. Everything that has to do with us, he put on the inside of us. All authority comes from God. Why? Because he's the creator. Secondly, because he's the redeemer. So not only did he make us, and that is enough, but he's our redeemer. 1 Corinthians 7.23 says, You were bought at a price. Do not become the slaves of men. The implication there is that we should become the slaves of God. Or the proper understanding of our uh, relationship with him is that, man, we're, we're his servant. Right? We were bought with a price. He gave the most precious thing in his possession to redeem you from a life of destruction and bring you into his very kingdom. He gave his son. So this is a further reason that he is an authority in your life. You guys agree with that? Yeah. He's our authority. He's our redeemer. He's done so much for us. He's got authority. Where the rubber meets the road is... Uh, perhaps even in a time like last night, if it's an unfamiliar territory to you know, allow the Holy Spirit to, to move upon us powerfully, those types of situations are where the rubber meets the road. Who's got the authority in my life? Is it me? Is it what I think? Or is it the Lord? Okay. In, in lots of other areas you could think of too. Your future, um, how you spend your time, all kinds of stuff like that. Who's the authority? Romans 14.8 says, if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Anything that we do, whatever we do, we are God's. 
Our acknowledgement of the Lord as our Redeemer means that we acknowledge that he now controls our life. That's the proper understanding of lordship in our lives. Okay? If he's our Redeemer, the proper way to uh, acknowledge that is, is literally to bow your knee and say, Yes, Lord, what now? What do I do now? That's proper. It's not to stand, you know, next to him necessarily and say, okay, now what? It's literally to get down. It's healthy to bow and say, Lord Jesus, I'm yours. What would you have me do? That's what it looks like to be saved. That's what it looks like to be redeemed. And that's why God's got authority in our lives. And then a third reason that authority comes from God is that He's our Lord. Not only did he pay the ultimate price, but um, we confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Romans 10, 9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Lordship is key to becoming a new creation, to God recreating you. It requires lordship. From the Strong's Greek Dictionary, we learn that this word Lord is actually kurios, and it has the literal meaning of being supreme in authority or controller. So when the, when the Bible speaks of Jesus as our Lord, make no mistake about it, it's talking about he is supreme in authority. He's our controller. Okay, So all authority comes from God. All authority comes from God. <clears throat> so... What should be our response to God's authority? And anybody can shout it out. What do you What do you think should be our response to His authority? Submit. Submit. Perfect. That's the word I was going to use. Yeah. Yeah. Our response should be complete submission. Okay. He's completely the authority. He's the complete Lord. There's no question about it. And so our proper response is complete submission. Aren't you grateful that the Lord, who is the controller, who is the ultimate authority, is also completely loving, completely just, completely forgiving? It's incredible. So not only is he the rightful ruler, but he is benevolent. He loves us so much, and he does everything that he can to let us know how much he loves us. Right? And so, to me... The response, my response of submission to God uh, is, is for two reasons. One, because he deserves it. And two, because he's so good that I want to submit to him as my king. So the definition of submit is to give over or yield to the power or authority of another. It's also to allow oneself to be subjected to some kind of treatment. And it can be said that submission is to defer to another's judgment, opinion, or decision. So submission definitely means to submit, to go with what the Lord thinks, what he wants to do rather than what I want to do, to be subjected to the treatment of the Lord. There's no better place for us to be. If we've been saved, we have submitted our life to God's rulership. Okay, so you've done that. Sometimes our flesh tries to make us forget that we have committed our lives fully to the Lord, however. Have you guys ever experienced that before? I have. 
Uh, and as long as we live on the earth, we will need to continue to lay our fleshly desires upon the altar. Paul says that he, is, he makes his body his slave so that he will not be disqualified for the prize. So we live in a dual reality. At, at one level, and at one level, it's a very true level, we are citizens of heaven. We are a spirit. The, the most real part of you is a spirit. Your body is going to lay down when it dies, but your spirit's going to be alive. So, so you are going to be alive forever. That's the spiritual part of you. But the other part of you, that our spirits, the real us, and with Jesus is bringing into submission is our flesh. You still have flesh and blood. You still have got old thought processes that you used to have that aren't um, acting according to the way that God would have them to act. And this is, this is life. That is why our life will be living from the, you know, bringing what's inside out, being sanctified. The process of sanctification is by letting what's good and godly on the inside out through the rest of our thoughts and our processes and our behaviors and the way that we do things. All right, that's sanctification. Uh, and that's, that's submission. <clears throat> As long as we live on the earth, we'll need to continue to lay our fleshly desires upon the altar. We will need to make uh, our fleshly desires our slaves so that we'll not, we're not disqualified for the prize. People that don't have a relationship with God, that don't have Jesus on the inside of them, are not able to do that because they don't have the power. The reason that we're able to do it is because it's the Lord working through us. Okay, So the reason that we can be sanctified and we can... Uh, turn from a life of sin and we can literally change our minds and be, begin to behave a different ways because the Lord is the power source on the inside of us. If he's our Lord, then he gives us the power to change. <clears throat> so just because you've been saved doesn't mean you'll never struggle with retaking the reins of your life. <clears throat> we need to be like Paul. And here's the scripture, 1 Corinthians 9, verses 26 through 27. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Okay, so in talking about authority in our own lives, uh, that's between us and God, right? He's our ultimate authority. And I think we've done a decent job at establishing that. So how about, um, how about other people? Let's talk about other people and, and are we supposed to submit to them and how we're supposed to do that. 1 Peter 2, verses 13 through 17. Let's look there first. Therefore submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors as to those who are sent by him, for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. This is the Lord's response to authority on the earth. And we're going to flesh this out a little bit more, but that one's pretty clear that God has created the authorities that are present on the earth and his desire, his intention, the Lord's will, is that we submit even to earthly authorities. This uh, this talk is a part of LTC um, because y'all basically are in training 
to be uh, a spiritual authority figure. We're going to be going out on campus and we're going to be inviting people into our lives. And uh, these people are going to be following us, and we we need to be following the Lord as they follow us. Okay, God is He. This is the process. LTC is one of the processes that God is using in your life to confer spiritual authority onto you. So it it's a weighty thing. It should be a weighty thing. And when He does that, He so a couple a couple cool things. One. When he looks at you, he sees somebody that's capable of carrying that authority. So that's pretty cool. When he looks at you, you've been selected, you've chosen, you've answered the call, you're here. He sees a person that's that's able to carry that authority. So that should encourage you. So that should really encourage you. He sees you highly. He sees you able to look like his son and lead other people into a real intimate knowledge of God. When he when he sees your heart, he sees that. That's why you're here. And I, I think your small group leader saw that too, which is why you're here. <coughs> now, the other thing that that means that's a little, um, you know, more challenging is that that means that he, he wants you to, to be like his son. He wants you to be holy, pure, blameless, he wants your thoughts to line up with the Word of God. He wants when we when we lead people uh, into doing things or when we show people our example, He wants that to be like Jesus. Okay, so He sees that you're capable of that, and that's why you're here. You've answered that call. But consecration is required to do this the way that the Lord wants you to do that. And consecration means everything that I have, God, as much as that has been revealed to me, anything that I know that I am or that I have is yours. God, I submit this to you, and whatever your authority says about this area in my life, that's what I want my life to be like. Okay, so that's the challenging part. So the Lord thinks that you're capable of it, but it is your decision and your place to actually hand that over to him. And um, many of you are in, we're all in different places in our walk with God. Just So just realize that. There are some people in here that have literally been walking with the Lord longer than you have. There are probably some people in here that have been walking with the Lord shorter than you have, right? So it's important to remember that. So it's it's also important to remember that um, everybody's going to have stuff that God brings up, even during this LTC period of time, that may be sin or maybe something that he wants you to do differently. And so there's going to be gradually taking steps. That's part of the way that we've set up the practicals, gradually taking steps. Steps gradually stepping out and being more bold. Well, you've heard what the assignment is now. Pray for five people that you don't know. This is this is another big step. I want you to know that it's okay if you're challenged by that. Okay? I want you to know that it's okay if you feel challenged by that. That doesn't mean that your call is any less or that you're less of a leader uh, than somebody else even in this room. It just means that this is where God has got you now. And are you going to submit to it or not? It doesn't matter how somebody to your right or left responds to that. It matters how you respond to that. How are you going to respond to what God asks you to do? So each of us have our own walk with the Lord to walk out, even as we're growing in authority. Okay, I want you to remember that. Even as you lead. The other thing about leadership is that just because you become a small group leader in a ministry, you know, it definitely doesn't mean that you've arrived. 
you're still going to struggle with some stuff, and you you probably will fall. The important thing is that <clears throat> you're with other people to help you get back up. Yeah. And the important thing is that you get back up, repent, and keep going. Every time you do that, every time we make a mistake and fall down and we decide with the Lord's help and the help of our brothers and sisters to get back up and keep doing keep doing it, you get stronger. Right? So this spiritual authority thing is not something that you master in one day. It's something that grows throughout the course of your life. And that is exactly what the Lord is looking for. He's looking for you to grow on a regular basis. He's not looking for you to arrive. He's just looking for you to journey with him. So I hope you're encouraged by that. Okay? Just do what you know God is asking you to do today. And then do the same thing the next day. And God will be pleased with that. And you'll lead people closer to him. If you're getting closer to God on a regular basis, then you are bound to lead the people that you're leading closer to God on a regular basis. Does that make sense? So leadership is a lot about followership. It's a lot about how you're following the Lord. And as you follow the Lord, so the people that are following you will get closer to him as well. The Bible says that all authority is God's authority. <clears throat> so some examples of those in authority here on the earth. How about, name some, just throw it out. Who's who's an authority figure? What's a position of authority here on the earth? Your boss. Your boss, yep, that's one. The president? The president? Yeah, that's you're right. Police. Senator. Police, the senator, uh-huh. Yep. Parents. Your parents, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> small group leader, um, ministry director, the missionary that you're going to go serve if you haven't gone on a mission trip yet, or the missionary that you did go serve. All of these people, the mayor, <laughs> um, the president of Colorado State University, all these people are examples of authorities that God has set up on the earth. Something cool that I heard one time about when it comes to authority that you may not agree with or that you don't even know or or whatever like that. Maybe you don't agree <laughs> with the person, <laughs> but they're still in a position of authority. How should you deal with that? A really cool way that I've seen uh, to be able to do that is think of Jesus standing behind that person. Okay, So you see the person's office. And who you're, what you're doing is you're submitting to the Lord Jesus who established that office of that person. So see Jesus standing behind that office, and it'll probably help you uh, be able to submit to that office a little bit better. What should my response to these authorities be? <clears throat> Our response ought to be submission. Um... Yeah, let me get into this example here. Let me give some examples of, of the way that this is fleshed out in my own life. There's been many times in my life that I've observed peers having a problem with their authority, uh, and it impacted their attitude, and it also impacted their uh, effectiveness in ministry. Okay, so definitely not going to name any names, and I've probably struggled with this in the past too, but I was um, on staff uh, at a ministry at Northern Kentucky University, and um, my, the pastor of my church literally was my authority figure, and so I served this campus through 
the oversight of my local church. And there was another guy on campus that um, wasn't attending a church, but he, he had established a campus ministry there too. And um, there were some things that made it hard uh, for me to do my job because of decisions that my pastor made. And I didn't share all of that, just simply the fact that I was struggling with some of this stuff. And this other guy was like, hey, listen, you just need to leave that church. You just need to leave. You need to do what you want. And I, I thought to myself a couple things. One, that doesn't seem quite right. And then the secondly, it was like, hey, this person is, maybe, maybe this person actually does know what he's talking about. Maybe I should give them the time of day. My decision was that it would not be submitting to my authority figure in order to do something like that. So we stayed, and I believe that Sarah and I were blessed for that decision. Even though it was challenging for us, we decided to submit to the things that our pastor was telling us to do. And what happened with this guy, unfortunately, is that uh, he ran into um, marital issues. Uh, He no longer had a ministry on campus. And um, just lots of other things like that happened in his life, okay? And I think that is a result of him not being in proper submission to authority. There could have been other factors going on in his life as well, but that's just not the right response. Hey, you just need to get out from under that authority and do what you want. Whenever, Whenever you hear something like that, a warning flag should go up, right? The proper response is to bow. We will talk about... Uh, is it ever proper to not obey your authority? Um, and there is probably one situation where it's not. But if your authorities are in, submitted to God and the things that they're doing are according to the Bible, even if you don't think that that's the right thing to do, your your position is to submit to that. Because God set up that authority figure in your life. Uh, there was another time that I was a part of a ministry, and I didn't think I was being given some of the responsibilities and authorities that I deserved. This was just my opinion. I'd worked for this place, and I was like, hey, I, I should be given more responsibility than this. And for a while, I had an attitude problem, and it impacted my attitude in my prayers and my relationships. We carry attitude problems like that into situations and relationships in our lives. It, it can affect what's going on. And I knew I had an attitude problem. Um, But then I decided that I was going to be okay with the position that God had given me. Does that make sense? I wanted some extra positions. The Lord wasn't giving that to me, and I was upset about it. Then I decided to get okay with it. And when I got okay with it, I decided that I was going to respect and support my leaders And I prayed and I made a decision in my heart. And later that day, I got an email from my key leader stating that I was going to be given some of the responsibilities that I desired. The same day it happened. Sometimes it doesn't happen like that. Okay, We need to be willing to do it anyway. But I knew I had an attitude issue. And I said, okay, God, man, I'm here for you. I will do what you want me to do, even if I think it's below me. And I've made myself have a good attitude about it. Same day. I know something happened in the spirit realm. Something was released there somehow. My leader said, hey, Jacob, it's time for you to start doing this. <laughs> happened only after I submitted that stuff to him. Here's one final really cool example. We're just talking about submitting to the authorities that are on the earth. Okay. Remember, you're going to be an authority figure. And many of you probably already are. Um, 
I, I think this story is a funny story. So uh, Sarah and I had planned to go on a trip to Europe, right? We saved up tons of money, thousands and thousands of dollars. This is before Rhea was born, our first child. And um, really looking forward to it, planned the whole thing out ourselves. It's going to be great. We were going to go to Paris, and we are going to go to the Normandy uh, D-Day landing beaches, and we are going to go to London. It was going to be sweet. And uh, I, um, I preached that Sunday, and uh, we needed to go to uh, uh, the airport in Indianapolis, which is two hours away, right after, right after the service. You're supposed to be at the airport two hours before um, the flight leaves for international flights. Everybody should know that. For some reason, that skipped my mind. And so we're speeding to the airport after the church service. Speeding to the airport. Well, I start feeling the Holy Spirit tug at me to obey the speed limit. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. There's no way that I'm going to do that. And uh, so I... I eventually slowed down and did that. So we're going 55 miles an hour on the way to the to the airport. We get to the parking lot and we're furiously getting the luggage out of the back uh, of the of the vehicle to run into the airport. Uh, we're there like an hour before the flight's supposed to leave. So we get into the airport. We go to check in. I, I grab for my wallet in the back. My wallet's not there. So somehow I've lost my wallet with my passport and all my credit cards and everything that has to do with the flight, someplace between the parking lot uh, and the airport, right? And we're there an hour before our uh, multi-thousand dollar flight to Paris is supposed to leave. So I get up there, a number. so that's a huge issue, so they won't let me on. Um, so Sarah and I, we decide to go off to the side, the day's not going well, and we decide to pray about it. And this is the way that the prayer went. Part of the reason that we were that late is because I was going 55 on the way to the airport. So I said, Lord, here's our situation. I don't have my passport. I don't have any of my money. We're supposed to be getting on this plane soon. And you told me to drive 55 on the way to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to do here? And we really had peace. We really had peace after that. Um, we didn't have anything else. But we just had peace that God was going to take care of it. Soon, soon after that prayer, we get a call over the intercom. Jacob Graham, come to the whatever desk. We have something for you. So somebody had turned in without taking anything, my passport and all my money and my credit cards. So that's great. So I go back up to uh, the desk and I say, hey, I've got my stuff now. Can we get on the plane now? And they were like, no, the gate's already closed. You can't go. Uh, there's nothing that we can do about it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and um, so basically, long story short, there's nobody else in line because there's no flights leaving right now. The plane's sitting on the runway, and there's, it's probably 30, 45 minutes before it actually takes off, but all boarding is closed. And so uh, remember, I was, I was at peace during this. I was at peace after that prayer. And so I, I just felt like the thing to do was to talk to the guy behind the desk and find out how his day was going and stuff like that. Uh, I was probing for, hey, is there any way that we can change any of this or whatever? Unbeknownst to me, there's a guy off to the side that's like making calls on our behalf. And so 
another long story short, after talking to a couple different airlines, including this guy in Quebec from Air Canada that I couldn't understand, <laughs> they, uh, they found a flight for us. It was not the same plane that we were supposed to be on, but it was a different flight that was getting us into Paris at the exact same time as the, as the flight that we, we missed. I mean, that's, that's a ridiculous story. I attribute the outcome of that story to Jesus, but also to um, our decision uh, to submit to the processes that he had in place, and one of them was the speed limit. I know that sounds crazy, but I, I believe that that's why. So submission to authority has powerful, powerful, powerful results and effects, and it's important to understand this also. Ultimately, those airplane workers work for God. Right? They don't work for American Airlines or anybody else. And so if we come under the authority of the Lord, everybody else is also under that authority. When we do that, we put ourselves in a position for God to come through for us. I was no longer going to be under the authority of anybody that worked for those airlines or anything else. I was ultimately going to be under God's authority. And because we knew that, because we were just letting God take the reins, I believe that good things happened. So submission to authority is really powerful. We must follow well first if we hope to lead well. It's a spiritual principle. The way that you're submitted to and following your small group leader right now is the way that people are going to submit to and follow you when you become a leader. Period. Okay? So um, if you want people to respond quickly, I would say respond quickly. If you want people to exemplify your example, I would say do that to your small group leader. If you, if you would like to be honored uh, as a leader, I would say go out of your way to honor your leader. There's a spiritual principle there that will be reciprocated once you get into a leadership position. So lastly, <clears throat> how far should I submit to authority? How far should I submit to authority? We should submit to our authorities as far as our authorities are not violating the will of God. Okay? If your authorities are doing something that's contradictory to the Bible, uh, because God is our ultimate authority, we are to submit to the Bible whether our authority figures are doing that or not. Okay? But as long as your authorities are submitted to Scripture... You are to submit to them. You are to follow them. One of the things that I have learned more recently in my life is that preferences are also included in this category. So it's not just it's not just black and white sort of sin versus um, righteous actions. It's also preferences. Let's say that I'm a follower. And my leader uh, exercises different or does different things that wouldn't necessarily be what I would choose. I am to submit my preference to the Lord also. Does that make sense? So the only things that we should not submit to are things that are contrary to the Bible. But we are to submit even our preferences of the way that we would rather do things to God and also to that leader. Does that make sense? That's a hard one. It's really challenging, but we can do it in Christ. So where am I at on the authority spectrum? 
It's healthy to be in authority, and it's healthy to be under authority. So a good, good, healthy place to be is for you to have people over you and people under you so you can understand and see with your own eyes how authority works. The balance is good. Even if you're not officially in charge of someone else, God has delegated to you authority over your own decisions. God is ultimately in charge, but you are the one that makes sure that you submit your decisions to God's will. Okay? So even if you're not officially in charge of somebody, you're definitely in charge of your own life. And we need to be submitting those things to the will of God. There are some benefits uh, of a correct perspective of spiritual authority and submission. Then we're going to be done, and I can take some questions if you want. There's benefits to a correct perspective of spiritual authority. And here they are. You should write these down if you're taking notes. A, it honors God. We want to do that. We want everything that we do to honor the Lord. <coughs> B, it glorifies God. So not only is God honored by it, but he is given glory by us acting uh, under authority. It shows the world that God is in charge. That gives him glory. Another benefit is that it keeps you humble. It keeps you humble. The Bible says that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Another benefit, it keeps it allows you to have a good attitude. Allows you to keep a good attitude. And two more benefits of a pre- correct perspective of spiritual authority. It blesses your leaders. Finally, it'll allow God to bless you. So the maxim we use in the outpost is that it's it's healthy to bow. It's healthy to bow. It's in your best interest to bow. It's in God's best interest uh, for you to bow. And the cool thing is about that, didn't God bow also? God exemplified this. The way that God bowed was that he sent... Uh, his most prized possession to the earth, okay? For sinful humanity that didn't deserve it. So God went out of his way to serve us. He said, these people are so valuable to me that I'm going to humble myself. Jesus did this by coming to the earth and taking up the nature of a servant. He took up the very nature of sinful uh, flesh. So the Lord himself actually exercises this as well. Those are my thoughts on spiritual authority. You guys got any questions? Comments, even anything to add? Yeah. What's a great example of submitting to the spiritual authority directly above you? What's a good example of that? Like practically, like. Mm Um, I submit to Nate. I mean, that's an example. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, like, I guess, like, in a, in a I don't know, like, I guess it's a pretty broad question. But yeah. In a, any situation, like, what hmm. do you do that? This is a kind of a funny example, but I remember when I was a little kid, my, my father took me hunting. 
and um, we were going to one of his old stomping grounds, and we stayed overnight at his dad's house, my grandparents' house, the night before that. And my grandpa, when we got up the next morning, he didn't give him any warning, but he said, hey, you shouldn't go over there because they're doing such and such thing, so you don't go over there. My dad decided not to go over there because he was going to submit to what his dad said, even though he was an adult. So that's a pretty interesting example, but that's an example of spiritual authority. He was just, he wanted to honor his father, and even though he disagreed, he decided to do it anyway. Yeah? How do you um, behave when, like, your authority of your father conflicts with the authority of God? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say in an honoring and respectful way, you know, generally. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know all the details of that story that I was thinking about, but um, there is a story that I've heard. Some of you in this room even may know this story better than me, but uh, there was a girl that felt called to uh, a foreign country that was super dangerous. Her parents were not having it. So she, the part of that story is that she was graduated from college, and um, basically she was able to make her own decisions. You know what I'm saying? So um, she told her parents that she was going. Well, they they would literally do things to try to keep her in the house to not even prepare for it. So it was nuts. And um, she she just continued to pray for them and to continue to treat them well and honor them and be super respectful. But she said, hey, you know, I have to do what I believe the Lord is telling me to do rather than what you want me to do. And it even came down to it that the day that she was going to go leave to go to this foreign country, she was pulling out of the driveway, and her dad ran out of the house with a check in his hand. And uh, he was trying to get her to pull down, to roll down the window. And the check was for the full amount of her tuition um, that she owed you know, for her college debt. And she said, no, Dad, I'm sorry. I love you, but this is something that I've got to do. And she rolled out of the driveway. So I think very respectfully and honorably, because God has set our parents over us as well, right? The other thing is that your your mom uh, carried you for nine months, right? So she deserves respect just for that. <laughs> and your parents have paid for you to live for 18 years, so they deserve respect just for that. So I think being very honorable and respectful, um, but ultimately doing what God has you to do. Does that answer your question? Cool. Yeah. Uh, the end of that story says that your father um, had some health problems and was so convicted by her decision to blindly obey um, God despite um, the resistance that he was giving her yeah. that he uh, submitted his life to, uh, the Lord before he died. That's awesome, man. Yes. I mean, even if she was, you know, unfruitful in any other way, it saved her father. So. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Good. Yeah. So, Lindsay. <laughs> I'm not sure how to Yeah, yeah, and they're both telling you to do different things or something like that, or. Um. Well, sure. For an example, yeah. 
Yeah, and you're, you're supposed to be submitted to both of them, right? Right. And they're conflict with or each like, other. Or like, like, let's say there's like a chain of command, and so there's somebody yeah. above you and somebody above them. Yeah. And they're in conflict. Does yeah. That make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if anybody <laughs> will have that. But That's like, a good I question. Have that at times, yeah. And yeah. I yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> right. I'm trying to think of if, if I've had something like that in my life. Okay, okay. Mm. Okay, this is, I think, what I've done in that case. I tend to lean toward uh, making sure that I submit to my direct report. However, uh, <laughs> so I flipped houses uh, for a guy. And he constantly wanted to not do what the city wanted him to do. <laughs> just, just smile and nod if you've ever, you know, you just don't let me know that you've been in that situation. But uh, so, <clears throat> I would, I would not do some things that he wanted me to do because I knew it was against the law. <laughs> so that's kind of an yeah. interesting example. No, that's example. But that's the authority above that. You know, I was, it's a hard position. Like, this guy might fire me, or he might think that I'm a lame-o for not wanting to bend the city rules just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, there were certain instances that I was like, you know, I just can't. I'm just not going to do that. Because I knew that the authority above him was the correct authority. But I think in situations where maybe you don't have a relationship with the person above your direct report right. at all, and you've never been in those conversations, yeah. I think you need to give your direct report the benefit of the doubt and yeah. just go with what they're asking you to do. And you can pray about yeah. that situation, obviously, too. Yeah. Kind of helpful? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Maybe I'll talk to you later about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, how does trust play a role in submitting to God? Yeah, absolutely. That's good. It's really good. <clears throat> here's a here's a snapshot of my life and my decisions sometimes. Sometimes um, I've been in positions where uh, I've been taught something from the Word, and it's maybe like one of the first times that I've seen it even in the Word taught like that. And I'm like, man, I didn't even know that was in there. However, this is like maybe going to make me do something that I've never done before and or don't want to do. This is the way that I've handled that. I literally tell God that. I say, God, I love you, and there's some you know, new information been presented to me that I've never thought about before. It's interesting that I see my friends maybe even submitting to this. I've never submitted to that. I'm not even sure. I'm kind of scared about it. I'm not sure what that will do to my life. Yeah. So I just tell him that. And I say, God, I am going to do the things that you've asked me to do now that I know, that I just know. I'm going to do that. I'm not sure about this. Yeah. Please give me further revelation and advice on this. I want to be open to you. I want to obey you. But I'm really scared. Yeah. Show me what to do. That's how I've handled that. And I think in those cases, it may take a while, but um, the Lord eventually shows me that it's true, like just straight up true. It's not somebody's interpretation. It's not somebody's way of doing things. It's just straight up true. And that's when I'm like, okay, I'm good. 
So I'm not like saying, no, I'm not going to submit to that God. I'm saying, God, I'm not sure about this. Can you, can you confirm this in my life? I want to obey you, but I'm not sure. Please help me. So I think that's having a submissive, submissive honoring process. It's being very relational. It's going to God and telling him about it, but saying, God, I'm scared. Please show me more. I think that is, is honoring to him. Yeah. Any other questions? Yeah. What if uh, a previous respected authority that you have yeah. um, doesn't align with what uh, you feel like God is telling you in the moment? Mm-hmm. What should you do um, in that moment? Yeah. Um, does that previously respected authority, are they... Are they still an actual like person that is watching what you do, for example, or is it more well, like, ideal? Well, like, I was thinking like a family member, okay. so like um, like an uncle or an aunt. Okay, just can restate the question one more time. Uh, so, like, what would you say, like, if you felt like God, um, at least your experience of like, like this is getting to like theology kind of concepts. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you feel like that. Uh, God says this theology is correct. Yep. But then your authority says it's not. Uh-huh. Um, how can you respectfully disagree? <coughs> cool. Yeah. And there's still an authority in your life. The person that... Yes. That, okay. Yeah. Um, I think there's... I think it's, I think it's healthy uh, to pull out the word together and, and go there. Right, so I, th- I think that's good. Um, so <clears throat> I am of the belief that if you can back up your beliefs by actual scripture, not just from verses out of context or by like one verse, but if you can back up your beliefs by scripture, then you have a godly right to stand where you're standing, yeah. even if somebody else doesn't. Yeah. And I also think that. Uh, if somebody is submitted to the Lord and are really endeavoring to love people and to follow God themselves, um, they will have a teachable spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that that person will respect you mm-hmm. if you respect them and have scriptural reasons for why you believe what you believe. So both parties, I think, need to come together, not only with an open mind, but with an open heart toward each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm friends with some people, uh, some Christian ministers that don't believe exactly what I believe. Mm-hmm. Actually, my brother-in-law and I, uh, so my brother-in-law is a hardcore staunch Calvinist, which means everything was predestined, basically. I'm on the other end of that, um, which means that I believe that mankind in almost every situation uh, can make a free will choice rather than have the... D- you know, determination already predetermined by God, I think, of that. So we do this book exchange. We exchange one book a year, and he, he, he always gives me sort of, he, we didn't decide to do this, but he always gives me a book written from a Calvinist perspective. And I give him one of my books. And uh, because of that, I am much more open to um, just being okay with some Calvinist thought processes. Because there are scriptures that are pretty undeniable that it's like God foreordained that this was going to happen. 
So, um, honestly, dude, I, he's been my brother-in-law for 10 years. I have been sort of afraid of going there with him for most of that 10 years. Mm-hmm. He initiated this book exchange. I'm super glad that it's happened because he and I are getting closer together. Not only that, but I'm learning theological things that I wouldn't have if I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And I just came to the place where I was like, hey, listen, you know, if God is in this, I believe that God loves David. Yeah. And David believes that you know, God loves me and that we have relationships. So there's mutual respect there. Because there's mutual respect, we can, we can agree to disagree if needed. Yeah. But we can also learn, learn from each other. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say about that. Did that answer your question? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, awesome. Any other questions? Yeah. Um, so, like, in terms of, like, relationships, like, friends and, like, maybe even family, like, more, like, peer-level relationships um, yeah. where, you know, maybe these peers have accepted Christ and stuff, but they still struggle to follow authority. Like, yeah. I think that a big part of, you know, like, helping them accept that sort of submission is, like, leading by example of yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. But at what point do you like have to bring it up in conversation and be like, Yeah. Dude, like I don't know, or like yeah. how? I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question. <clears throat> yeah. Um I think leading by example is a prime way mm-hmm. of uh helping them to understand what's true and what they ought to do. Um you know, I think if that, well, yeah, I think I would probably lean toward if your care about them compels you to have that conversation, yeah. then have it. If their uh, attitude and their stance on submitting to authority is leading toward getting them in trouble, mm-hmm. I would have it. If it's affecting their attitude and their relationship and affecting how they, you know, even handle that class or handle that relationship, I would I would probably have that situation. But you can't go wrong uh, leading by experience. But um, truth, I mean, truth is truth. And it's not, ultimately, it's not loving if we don't tell them the truth. If we just let them do their thing, even though they're a Christian and it might be an uncomfortable situation. Um it's not loving to just let them continue to do that, right. you know. So at some point, I think that that situation needs to be addressed. Sure. Well, and especially like in situations, I guess like specifically like where you yeah. see their example is affecting like yeah. downstream other people. Uh-huh. Like, do you bring that up and be like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh-huh. <clears throat> it depends on the relationship that you have with them, how you how you do it. Um, you know, I would just say for if if you bring it up or if you decide to bring it up, uh, your heart posture uh, toward that situation is probably super key in how it goes. So even your how you bring it up, your tone of voice. You know, are you trying to trying to help this person? Are you trying to sort of beat on the drum of our the self righteous cause a little bit even? So I would just really Prepare uh, your own heart for that conversation, and then and then deliver it. You know, um, but again, I think it's up uh, a little bit up to you and the Holy Spirit to to figure out when that needs to be. But if you see it uh, negatively impacting them, and your heart is like, man, 
there's some truth here that you're not living out, I would pray about when to have that conversation and then have it uh, with their best interest in mind. Sure. Did that help? Yeah, cool, thanks. Okay, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Any other questions? Me? I would, I would just go one of our maxims is like you have to care more about the future than the friendship, and not that yeah. you don't care about the friendship, but you know, love is choosing the highest good of another. So it's just a question of like, is this something that's like Chris Roggins who we respect the guy that's a friend of ours, guy says like, I confront. He like loves to confront. He like knows that about himself, which is kind of weird because most people don't. But he's like, I love like. So he's he's like, I only do it if I realize that this is going to hurt their future, like their future. Hmm. Yeah. That's kind of his litmus test. Like, is this gonna hurt their relationship, or is this just a quirk about them? It's like, you know, I, it's annoying to me how messy they are. But it's not gonna hurt their future. Yeah, that's good. So I just, you know, I just the cool. I do with tears, so it's like, so it's kind of as you said, confront, but confront with tears, metaphorically or literally. I care so much about you. Good. Yes. Cool. Do we have any more time for any more questions, Nate? Or lunch is about ready. Maybe if you want to do one more. Cool. Take it and then we can probably wrap up there. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Great. So how would you respond, like, say, if someone in, that has authority over you abuses that power? Yeah. Is that person a believer? Could or could not be. Okay. Yeah. That's a great question. Thanks for thanks for making that last, Greg. <laughs> um, again, I'm sure I've had situations in my life, so I'm trying to think about one right now. Um, oh gosh. Maybe more will come to me. Uh, there was a. Oh, I was an intern, so. I was I was 19 and I got an internship with the Iowa, Iowa Department of Natural Resources. My life just flashed before my eyes. <laughs> ah! Which is a super good internship. Uh, that was my degree. My degree was animal ecology, and the way to to get a good position eventually in that is to get a good internship. Well, I did. I got a great internship after my freshman year, right? And so um, I was paid pretty decent, and my role in this um, job was very similar um, to a Jehovah's Witness co-worker of mine who was in his 50s uh, that had been doing it for 30 years. Didn't like me. He did not like me. Uh, we didn't really even have theological discussions. He just knew I was a Christian. I went to church every Sunday. And uh, he would point out weird scriptures out of context, and he would tell me, uh, hey, I, I really believe that you're going to hell. To make matters worse, I was a brand new employee on the job, and I really sometimes wasn't that good at what I did, except I was trying really hard. I remember this one time, I was on this huge tractor, man, and we were plowing a field to plant a feed plot. 
and I gunned the engine. It had because I had this huge uh, weight behind it. The front end of this massive tractor, <laughs> and he was standing in front of it, and he thought he was gonna die. <laughs> He liked me even worse after that. I think that was, I think that was the same day that he told me I was going to hell. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, I, I hate this nickname to this day. But for some reason, he, this this was persecution, man. He start he he would call me Charlie Brown, like not in a good way. And uh, that was a hard summer with this dude. The saving grace of that was that I had, uh, I just, I had uh, uh, his boss. Okay, our boss was a member of another much more liberal denomination, and uh, whenever we would get back from from work, sometimes he would ask me how work went, and he knew what that meant, and I wouldn't tell him everything, but I was just like, yeah, it was, it was kind of a hard day, and so he would. He would make some comical, snide comment about this Jehovah's Witness, which is not, which is not good, but it was a little bit of a comic relief. And he would also go, sometimes um, when this this man would treat me poorly on the job, my boss would go over there and make things right. Uh, he would he would be like, hey, listen, this is the way that you need to do things, not the way that you've been doing things. And for a week or so, we'd have. Uh, a better working relationship because my boss would come down on him. So in that situation, um, I submitted that situation to the Lord, and God used our joint boss to sort of make it right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to try to answer your question just a little bit better. I know we don't got too much more time, but basically, what happens if somebody's usurping the authority above you? Right? Take it to God. Um, and just generally, uh, you need to honor the heck out of them anyway and love the heck out of them anyway, just generally. Um, it's God's place, I think, in that situation to bring justice, and I think that he will in his time. One of the things that you can do, though, to keep your heart right in that situation is to honor them anyway and respect them anyway. I would go out of my way to do the best job that I possibly could and even um, even say good job to this guy that yeah. was super mean to me. Good. You yeah. know. And honestly, it did the situation did not get much better that summer. I just moved on with my life, thankfully, and uh, never had to work with him again. But um, Yeah, I think I think trust the Lord to yeah. bring to bring about the, the necessary result in that case. Mm-hmm. Um, pray about it. Keep your heart right. Um, there may be situations where if they are coming against, like if they're doing something against company policy or something like that, I think that's another different situation that I think it is within your rights because there's a higher authority that you know that they're not respecting. I think it is uh, within your right to go do something about that perhaps. But we always need to watch our heart posture in that. We're not trying to get them in trouble. We're just trying to do the right thing. And if you're in a difficult situation, uh, sometimes it's right to reach out to somebody that can help you with that and maybe that does have more authority than that person does. Did that help? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. yeah. Does anybody have a better response to that? I just yeah. have a thought to add. 
Yeah. Because we just read <coughs> Three Kings. Yeah. Because if you look at um, yeah. David and Saul yeah. in the Bible, like I think Saul definitely abused his authority yeah. in going after David. And David had the opportunity to kill him once in a cave, and he didn't. Um, so he, yeah. he really wanted to respect God, and he was like, Saul is anointed by God's spirit, and I'm not going to not gonna go above him, and I'm not going to usurp him, and I'm not going to kill him. I'm going to submit to his authority as he's trying to kill me. So that's just an example in the Bible. Maybe to yeah, that's good, Leah. Yeah. I, I will add to that. In the context when authority goes against moral mandates, God's moral mandate wins. I think Jacob mentioned that. Yeah. But like David's, David submitted to Saul as the authority in his life that his way of obeying or his way of honoring God was to submit to the authority of his life, even though the authority was not godly. However, and so that was his way of saying, God, I am serving you as I'm serving Saul. And even, in, even and that's how we sometimes see these authorities. Like, I am honoring God through my authority, even though my authority is not God. Yeah. It's my act of service to my God through that. And how David's life, in some ways, helped try to bring redemption back to Saul because he was willing to, to submit so well. However, David did not submit to Saul in areas that were outside of Saul's authority. He did not let Saul kill him. If Saul was full, if David yeah. was fully yeah. submitted to Saul in all things, he would have let Saul kill him. I am submitted to you. Here's my neck. He obviously didn't do that. So when it came into like an abuse of, of a moral mandate, God wins. But like what Leanne was highlighting is like outside of that moral compass, uh, he still submitted, and, and really, in many ways, was you know, God was able to move in a powerful way in David's life because David was a man who learned what it was like to submit to authority um, in his life. And so, you have to ask the question like, what is the authority? Uh, what's the boundaries of the authority of my life? In my life, you know, and and where sometimes abuse happens is when authorities are trying to go beyond their, yeah, maybe even God-given authority. It's like, hey, I, you know, Saul, I want to kill you. Now that's outside of the spectrum of what you have rights to, to say. Like, hey, you need, you know, to go you know, clean the toilets. Okay, I hate that. It's unjust, but okay, I'll do that. <laughs> because you know, that's that's not really wrong. So, I mean, just that that yeah. clarity. Like, you are serving Jesus, you know, by doing, by doing, serving as if you were serving Jesus through authority. Use it in the sense that, like, they start to go against the moral mandates. You have to not usurp them. David didn't throw Saul out the door as his king. He kept serving Saul as his king. Yeah. But he just protected Saul from basically morally failing by killing him. <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's really good. Great questions, guys. Really good questions. Um, let's just take a minute, real quick. I want us to close our eyes, and I want us to um, <coughs> bow to God's authority. I want us to take what we learned today, take the answers to these questions, and uh, just just get your heart right if you need to uh, in the realm of submission to authority.
God, thanks for this teaching. Thank you for the opportunity to think about this area of our lives. And I pray uh, for help, God. For strength. Um, pray that your spirit would rise up on the inside of us and enable us to do the hard thing that you're asking us to do, God. We desire to submit to your authority. Therefore, we desire to submit to the authority that's been placed above us on the earth. Help us to do that well, Father God. Help us to do that wholeheartedly as working for the Lord and not for men. We're also working for men, and we want to love them too. Help us to do that well, Lord Jesus. We give you things that have happened incorrectly in our past, God. We ask for forgiveness for these things. And there are situations that we may be going through that are going to continue to be challenging. But God, we set our hearts to do it your way, to handle the situations your way, God. Give us the courage to follow you in these situations and to love well. Thank you for it, God. We give you our lives. We bow to you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Cool. Yeah. Um, we have chicken sandwiches, barbecue chicken sandwiches. Just, I think there's probably enough for two for most people, but start with one. Go for it. Wow.